Thanks for joining. Very nice to have you here. My name is Beth Bronley. I'm the director of the Public Mental Health Partnership and uh, really happy to have you here. We're trying something a little bit new here and looking forward to hearing how it works for you. Um, we call it a summer refresher, a brief overview, quick lunchtime uh, training that is going to incorporate a pre-recorded training module. We'll watch a module together and we'll comment on it. We'll build on it together and we'll be done in an hour for sure. And uh, I'm really glad you could join today. And I hope you take a look at the calendar for some other refreshers like this that are coming up. Um, so uh, this is intended to be a reminder, an overview, quick description of some tools, techniques for CBT that you may have learned some long time back, but maybe uh, have forgotten or maybe don't use as often as you remember. And uh, we'll just uh, give ourselves a few more tools in our toolbox today. So one of the things I'm going to feature are some pre-recorded modules, a uh, training module that has is made to be viewed on your own time, not taught live the way that we are right now. And uh, these are available on our website. And I'm going to just quickly walk through you uh, the process for getting to them, how you would get to the pre-recorded modules. On our website, this is a list for you of just the array of um, different topics that are available. These are created by a group in New York uh, for a group that works with New York State. Uh, you'll see a lot of the content extremely uh, relevant to, uh, to our work in FSP. And so we've selected these modules and they're all available through our website. So if you go to our website, pmhp.ucla.edu, you'll see this blue training at home button, which you may have used before to find our training calendar. But when you scroll down, you will see an option that's called online training modules. And in that online training modules, uh, uh, click, you'll see these options for uh, training login is the orange button. That's the one that I've used. I already have an account. I already have a login. I know how to get into my modules. But if you don't have an account yet, you'll go to that blue button and create an account. What that does is send you to a very brief um, survey. Just a quick, it's a way that we um, can link the user to an account. And uh, you'll get a, a link as soon as you do that survey to log in and create your account for uh, accessing the FSP modules. Um, yeah, once you do the survey, it might take about a day to get an email back from the Center for Practice Innovation that shows you where to go to create your login here. And once you do that, you will see a whole array of trainings available. And I'll show you right now, what I'll do is start us off by viewing a beginning uh, portion of uh, this training module that they have on uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, overview tools and interventions. Welcome to this training titled Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, Overview Tools and Interventions. This training was created by the Center for Practice Innovations at Columbia Psychiatry and the New York State Psychiatric Institute. 
In this course, participants will learn about the background, theory, concepts, and principles of Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, or CBT. They will learn about tools, such as a functional analysis, and interventions, such as cognitive restructuring and behavioral activation. And lastly, how to access additional resources on CBT. This course provides a brief and basic overview of CBT and how to engage adults. Additional training and supervision will be required to effectively practice CBT. By clicking the tabs below, you will learn about the background and theory of CBT. CBT is an evidence-based psychological treatment. This means that research has shown it is effective for a variety of psychological problems across diverse cultural groups, including depression, anxiety, substance use, and psychosis. Basic techniques of CBT can be provided by many different types of practitioners, including licensed mental health counselors, social workers, psychologists, and psychiatrists. CBT is based on the idea that our thoughts influence our feelings and our behaviors. CBT emphasizes that if we can change the way we think, we may change how we feel and act, even if the situation we are in does not change. Now let's review some of the theory behind CBT. Many CBT techniques were developed by Aaron Beck and Albert Ellis, who suggested that psychological treatment can focus on thoughts. This is the cognitive aspect of CBT. Behavioral aspects of CBT are grounded in both operant and classical learning theories, which emphasize how behaviors are reinforced by positive consequences. By clicking the tabs below, you will learn about the basic concepts of CBT. We often experience automatic thoughts that pop into our mind, sometimes without us even knowing it. One example of an automatic thought is, I'm a loser, which can lead to negative emotions that may affect our behavior. Sometimes the way we think and feel affects our behaviors. Our behaviors lead to consequences, both positive and negative. Positive consequences, also known as reinforcements, make the behavior more likely to happen again. For example, if we are on time to work and our boss praises our punctuality, a positive consequence, we are more likely to be on time in the future. Other examples of positive consequences to a behavior are attention from others, positive mood, and tangible benefits. By clicking through the images below, you will learn about the principles of CBT. CBT is provided within the context of a collaborative, trusting relationship with a practitioner. CBT is structured, active, and can be short-term. It is focused on the present and does not dwell on the past. Treatment focuses on identifying the relationship between thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, and then learning to change these relationships as a way to feel better. So one of the key ideas mentioned here is the idea of automatic thoughts. So one example of an automatic thought, I'm a loser, very common, kind of automatic, sometimes um, not entirely explicit, um, but in a kind of automatic thought that becomes a focus for a CBT approach. So we can think about two different kinds of ideas or thoughts, uh, beliefs, ideas, thoughts uh, that are important in CBT. One are what we think of as automatic thoughts. The other thing um, might be called a core belief. 
core belief would be the most fundamental level of belief. They're global, rigid, and overgeneralized. And I, I almost feel like an idea like I'm a loser. Maybe I might think of that as more like a core belief. Maybe not something the person explicitly says to themselves uh, frequently, but something that might be in the background underlying lots of other thoughts. Um, underlying lots of other automatic thoughts, the actual words or images that go through a person's mind um, that are situation specific and may be considered kind of the most superficial level of cognition. CBD tends to avoid language like conscious versus unconscious thoughts, but I think the superficial level of cognition is that sort of conscious level of thing you might say to yourself. So we, we hear a lot of automatic thoughts and sometimes we also can tell if we read between the lines what the core belief might be. And those are things that of course impact our, our feelings. And that's the focus of CBT is, is uh, bringing those to the surface and understanding connections uh, between them. So here's another diagram of that same kind of idea. This diagram in particular is uh, borrowed from a, a, a basic overview of CBT. So here we have uh, kind of a core belief. I'm incompetent. Various uh, situations and explicit ideas may impact that. Um, first of all, um, uh, I have difficulty with uh, new computer learning new things on on the computer. Kind of feeds into this belief that I'm incompetent. I had difficulty applying for a loan. Uh, that fed into this belief that I'm competent. Yes, I got some praise from my boss, but I didn't deserve it. Um, so there are ways that even things that seem to counter that core belief can get uh, absorbed into it. Um, I had to choose a health plan. I found that really hard. Took me a long time. Um, so these things that actually are uh, indications of competence, I paid my bills on time, I was able to fix a plumbing problem, those uh, just get ignored. They don't uh, influence this core belief. So this is sort of an, an example of that. Um, uh, here are some automatic thoughts and core beliefs that, you know, as I was thinking through what are the, the things we encounter very frequently, in FSP and in working with our um, medications, we might hear things like, I don't need medication service, this automatic thought. Someone could, could really say that. And they might have a core belief behind it that might be something like medications being that I'm damaged or I'm worthless or that I, uh, you know, I can't get better. Uh, uh, sort of negative feelings about the self could be a core belief there. Another core belief could be something like, I can't trust anyone to give me something good that would make me feel better. So my core belief is I'm on my own, really can't trust help that might come from the outside. Some other examples we might encounter in FSP, I can't quit smoking, stop bringing that idea to me, I can't do it. Um, maybe the core belief behind this, I'm not able to do hard things, I'm a failure. Um, I don't deserve to be healthy. Another kind of important core belief, the energy and investment in being healthy. That's just not something that I deserve for myself. That could be a core belief too. Um, final example I, ha I had here that uh, we may encounter as well in FSP. I can't walk away if I'm put down. Someone has an encounter, right? They're in a store and someone says something to them that they take to be a slight. 
you know, sometimes you have this happen with an individual experiencing psychosis. They might hear something, interpret it as a put down, a slight, an insult. Um, and they might say to you, I can't walk, just, I can just walk away from that. Um, I have to defend myself. I have to, you know, get into it with this person. And you are trying to support the person to just, 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 you know, those are things you can just walk away from. We don't need to engage. And yet the person's core belief might be something like, I'm a weakling. If I don't stand up to someone who says something insulting to me, that means I'm a weakling, right? I'm very uh, in, uh, uh, incapable, incompetent, weak, um, uh, wimpy, whatever the word is for the individual is very important, how they would verbalize this. Um, you know, another thing people might experience as a core belief is no one sees how strong I am. I know I'm strong and no one seems to take that seriously. No one's really hearing that part of me. Um, so these, again, are sort of core beliefs you might explore or uncover as you're, you're encountering particular uh, scenarios with with clients, uh, and they can be thought of in a uh, uh, from a CBT framework as automatic thoughts that might shape how someone feels and also how they behave. So here's my own um, example of that same diagram, same kind of format with a core belief here. I'm no more than a burden to others. Right, that idea. I'm I'm just a burden. I, I never am anything but a burden and a hassle to other people. And here are some thoughts that feed that. I don't have a job, right? Um, so sometimes there are experiences that might run counter to that. They love seeing me at church. When I go, they seem very happy that I'm there. Yes, but they're they're only nice to me because they feel bad for me. So I undo that experience that might counter this core belief. I showed my roommate how to play video games. I had a, you know, an ability to give something good to my roommate. Yes, but that wasn't just, that wasn't really me. He could have learned that from anyone. That's a way to undo this experience um, and convert it back into this automatic thought that reinforces a core belief the tabs below, you will learn about the Functional Analysis of Behavior, a CBT assessment tool. A functional analysis is used as an assessment and planning tool in CBT. It teaches individuals about the link between thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. The process involves the practitioner and individual working closely together to draw a complete picture about the presenting problem and identify areas for intervention. The steps of the functional analysis include explore the problem, explore the connection between the problem and behaviors associated with the problem, and identify the situations where the behavior occurs. The functional analysis demonstrates the association between situation, thoughts, feelings, and behavior and further emphasizes how these are related to consequences. By clicking the tabs below, you will learn more about each of these elements. We define situation as the circumstances surrounding the behavior. 
In a functional analysis, you may identify thoughts and feelings at the time of the situation and rate their intensity. There may be behaviors that are associated with the situation, thoughts, and feelings. And lastly, there may be short and long-term positive consequences that reinforce the behavior, making it more likely to happen again. The following questions presented in the table below may help the individual to elicit information for each column. Please take a moment to read through the table. Okay, so this is a little of what we were just discussing, the situation. You're going to think about the situation. Where were you? Where one, where, when was this? Who was there? Questions you'll ask for the client. Thoughts and feelings that came into the individual's mind. Then what did you feel? Then behaviors that came after. Consequences are what happened next. I'll keep going a bit and then we'll go back over this with some examples. The table below provides an example of a completed functional analysis. Please take a moment to read through the table. I was invited by my boss to give a talk to my coworkers. Thoughts that, and feelings that came up with that were, I thought about a previous time when I gave a talk, people in the audience were talking to each other. I was sure they thought I was boring and I felt ashamed. So what this person did in response to that, I told my boss, I can't give the talk this time. And the consequence actually was, I felt less anxious. I don't have to feel ashamed. Uh, able to avoid that negative experience. Once you have completed the functional analysis, interventions can be identified for changing thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and consequences. Below is a functional analysis table with the same situation that was presented before and with potential interventions filled in below. Please take a moment to read through the table. Okay, so here's a perfect example for us. A little bit of the question that came up before. The person said, last time I did this talk, people thought I was boring. I felt ashamed. People in the audience were talking to one another during the talk, and I, I felt that must be my fault, and I was boring. So a potential intervention here is cognitive restructuring around the interpretation of people talking during your presentation. So, you know, you might have a dialogue with the client. Well, what did you notice? Um, again, in a non-judgmental way, exploring what they noticed and how they interpreted that and uh, exploring alternative interpretations that are also available for those same uh, ob observed effects. So people in the audience were talking to one another. I thought that must mean that I'm boring. And you can think with a client, is there maybe another reason that people in the audience might, been, might have been talking to one another? Um, uh, so, so maybe there was, uh, do you think they might have known one another prior to the talk? Do you know who they were? Um, do you know uh, what they had said? Um, kind of just exploring this observed event and the client's interpretation of it is a great way to proceed here. And there's no need for any um, judgment about either the interpretation or the feelings around it. You can simply explore 
and you can make some suggestions, ideas of alternative uh, interpretation, see if the client might pick up on that. Um, a, a wonderful way to proceed. So here again, another potential intervention they mentioned. Um, I told my boss I can't give the talk this time. This person had a negative experience before and they've turned down this opportunity. One of the interventions there could be um, to teach the client a breathing technique um, to uh, manage their anxiety in the context of giving the talks. They could agree to do the talk and they could practice their breathing technique that you've given them as a way to improve their experience of the talk. Um, another intervention here that I like, so uh, around this area of consequences, um, if you know this will be uh, challenging, you can ask ahead of time, ask for feedback from the audience, um, find people who may have had a good experience of the talk and make sure you learn more from them, sort of planning some way to get um, um, some different information, new information about the talk. There are a number of benefits to completing the functional analysis. It helps the individual recognize the link between specific situations, thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and their consequences. The functional analysis can create a map for interventions, as we saw in the preceding example. And the functional analysis can also be used as a take-home exercise and a method of self-monitoring. Please take a moment to test your knowledge again. Please drag the statement that is not a step of the functional analysis process onto the blue line above. Okay, last slide we'll look at here. The statements are focus on past behaviors to determine how to proceed in the present is one idea. Second idea is explore the problem. Second, third idea is explore the connection between the problem and the behaviors associated with it. Fourth thing is identify the situation where the behavior occurs. Which of these is not and a step of the functional analysis. Um, you know, the answer to that question they had there was um, focusing on the past. So big emphasis in CBT and not focusing on past experiences. Now, I've always felt like that's a little, mm, uh, uh, not quite true. If someone, for instance, has had a negative experience in the past, it gives you a, a, a good way to begin an exploration. What are their preconceptions that are based on something that may have happened to them in the past? Um, but the emphasis is not on focusing on those past events and uh, uh, kind of reconstructing the meaning of them. Um, so let's walk through a little bit of the functional analysis process again. Um, the aim here is to demonstrate connections between situations, thoughts and feelings, behaviors and consequences. This is the same table you saw on the slide. You can explore with the client. What was the situation? Where were you? When was this? Who was there? What are the thoughts and feelings that you had during that situation? Um, what did you do in that situation and what happened, happened next? What was good and bad about that thing that happened next? 
Um, anyone have an idea of a situation you might be in with a client might be facing, something a client has brought to you, where this kind of functional analysis might be useful? Anyone just have this the situation itself? Uh, you know, we don't we have to you know have to do the whole exercise, but just what sorts of situations might this apply to? When might you use this kind of uh, analytic approach with a client. I, f I filled in one here that I made up and maybe you all have some other examples you would like to discuss. Really nice to hear about how you might use this in your work. So here's an example. Um, my roommate got a job at the grocery store. He told me I should apply. Um, the person says to himself, well, he's He's actually really a lot friendlier than I am, um, more outgoing person. People like him more than me. He's also more qualified. He has had a job in the past. Um, he could show them that he'd worked before. And I've, I've really never been able to do that before. I am uh, not good at that. I've failed when I've tried to have a job. So those are the automatic thoughts. And oh, actually I didn't put the feelings in here too, but of course someone feels, uh, uh, you know, depressed, down, hopeless about that kind of experience. And so then the person didn't apply, you know, decided not to apply, ignored the suggestion. And then also I, I just, I don't go in when he's working. Um, I don't want to go in there. It doesn't feel good for me to be reminded of that situation. And I've kind of stopped going there other times too, because it just doesn't feel, I don't want that reminder. Um, and so then, you know, some of the consequences are, well, I'm really glad I didn't apply because now I don't have to worry about this stressful thing of applying for a job, trying to get a job. And it's probably too late anyway. Um, and I've just, I've resigned myself to like never having a job. I just, I'm not going to try to do that anymore. So you can see in this consequences box, there's some things there that are like, Okay, you took care of yourself. You you don't have to worry about this. That's good. And yet there seems to be a part of this person who is still thinking about this, um, trying not to think about work, but maybe still thinking about work because maybe there are some reasons you might want to work. Um, some reasons you might want to imagine that you could work at some uh, point in the future even. Um, so some of the consequences here give you something to explore. Um, that's another example. People have comments or uh, different examples. Um, of course, the next step is the intervention. There are interventions at each of these points, interventions on these automatic thoughts. Um, there could be evidence for and against each of these automatic thoughts. Um, there can be um, some uh, behavioral uh, suggestions for someone uh, that makes, for instance, applying for the job feel more safe, um, uh, more uh, less risky. Uh, there's some behavioral interventions in that sense. Uh, and then there's a lot to explore around the consequences and whether the person is pleased with those consequences. I really appreciate the um, the observation, using this functional analysis, it's a little, in my mind, I had to play with it a little bit and think, well, what's the situation where I would really want to do this? What's, what's the thing where this would make sense? Um, 
And, uh, but that's a, it's actually kind of hmm, a useful one to think through. It's not immediately apparent working with a client like, oh, here's a good opportunity for thinking through the thoughts and feelings of behavior and consequences. But trying this out a little bit um, gets, a, gets to be a little uh, easier to access. So this is some of what we um, uh, hinted at previously, a thought journal. So this is a way uh, to uh, pull out, to deconstruct some of those automatic thoughts and feelings in that column uh, to try to work through them with, with the individual. Again, we have a situation, we have an automatic thought. Um, uh, when there's an opportunity to go to work, um, what, what is the automatic thought that comes to mind for you? You all are familiar with this idea of cognitive distortion. What type of cognitive distortion is this? Is this catastrophizing, um, all or nothing thinking, so on and so forth. You can easily Google a list of uh, cognitive distortions. Sometimes with some clients, it's really great to think through those different types of cognitive distortions. What's the feeling? And then what's the intensity? This is the issue that came up before about um, there may be uh, culturally informed ideas about what one should or shouldn't do. And the emotion or feeling about those ideas can be very intense. And so using a one to 100% scale on the, uh, to, to rate the intensity of the feeling can be useful. Evidence for and against the thought, of course. An alternate thought, this is a great um, a tool, a, 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 a resource you can use in so many different ways, working with the client to come up with an alternative thought. Um, think of a good example. Um, he's more qualified than I am. So that thought that my uh, example person had about his roommate, he's more qualified for this job than I am. Um, there's an alternative thought in there, which um, ooh, off the top of my head, it's, a, it's hard to get it exactly right. And I wanna use the client's words, but um, you know, I, instead of he's more qualified than I am, I have some qualifications I could bring to this job. Um, uh, some alternate way of thinking. Sometimes you even write this down on a note card. Here's an alternate thought. Let's put it on a note card. Let's put it in your pocket. And if you need to be reminded, pull that thought out, your alternate thought. Think about that one instead. Just try it on for size. And then you can rate how you feel. Um, it's not exactly this, but I always remember a, um, uh, someone I work with who was working with a gentleman who heard dogs talking to him, heard, heard, heard messages from dogs. Uh, was really what his uh, hallucination was. He'd be on the street and dogs would come by and he would hear them saying things to him. And they worked through this whole issue and, um, and they wrote down on a, on a piece of paper and he put it in his wallet, the dogs are not talking to me. Um, you know, for someone who's experiencing unrelenting hallucinations like that, having something in your wallet that says that dogs are not talking to me, it's available for them as an alternate thought in those moments. Uh, simple tools. Okay, here's a, 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 an example of this same uh, chart that could be a completed thought uh, journal uh, specific to the situation the client is bringing. 
right now I'm unemployed, but it seems likely I'll find a job if I keep looking. Great alternative thought that incorporates the an element of the automatic thought, but it adds to it. It makes it less all or nothing, less black and white. Last thing I'll talk about is behavioral activation, such a useful CBT skill. Okay, keep going. Okay, behavioral activation, easy to deliver intervention that's effective for most people. Absolutely true, a very straightforward, wonderfully applicable skill to use uh, uh, with FSP clients. It's got four steps to it, um, creating a list, of enjoyable activities, monitoring current activity, looking at the things that you're doing right now in your day to understand where there might be opportunities to do number three, to identify and schedule in some pleasant activities. Um, scheduling is very helpful. Say the day you'll do it, the time that you'll do it. And then the fourth step, which we often forget, which is you wanna reward yourself after you do it. If you successfully engage in this pleasant activity, it's not just that the activity itself is pleasant, you get an extra bonus. You get to reward yourself for doing it because um, uh, that's an important step of reinforcement of, of really making it likely the person will do it again. So that's the basics of behavioral activation. You can create a weekly schedule here. Um, just to say the times of the day when certain activities that are pleasant could be um, slotted in, you know, important to talk with someone about what they like doing. You know, I really like playing video games. I don't really like playing video games at two in the morning on a Saturday night. When I'm doing that, it's kind of depressing. But if it's 10 in the morning on a Friday, actually that could be kind of fun if I do it for an hour, right? So thinking about a schedule of pleasant activities, And then focusing on um, how those activities make the person feel. So simply writing down some activities that, that bring on some positive feelings can uh, in and of itself have a positive impact. So let's write down five activities that make you feel one of these words, you know, really the client should be able to pick the word. I want to feel more, I don't know, relaxed in my week. All right, let's think about some activities that help you feel relaxed. We can use the, the client's words in here. And then it's important to just pick a small number of them. I think probably three is too many, you know, one or two activities. You might encourage them to work into their schedule, make it really doable so they can feel accomplished. Specify what the activity is, you know, maybe. Maybe even playing a video game is not specific enough. You know, the time of the day to do it. And then also maybe what's the game and how do you do it? Um, getting very specific will help the person set a plan for it um, and scheduling it in. Okay, and then you need to do a little thinking about what's the reward after the person does it. Um, what are they going to do that's going to uh, help to reinforce that this pleasant activity can be repeated? So here's just some examples. They might have a journal where they write down things that they do that are intended to make them feel relaxed. And in the journal, you can add a column for them. They can talk about whether they felt relaxed, how relaxed they felt. They can log their feeling about that activity as well in the journal. 
Um, I might tell a friend I succeeded. I might go to lunch, take myself to lunch, have some coffee, just take the time to acknowledge it. Whatever the client might generate as a reward can be really helpful here. And that's it. That's really sort of all it takes for behavioral activation, creating that list, looking at the weekly schedule, scheduling it and making a doable goal, and then knowing there's going to be a reward for it after they do it. And then you can build on that over time. Those are the basics of behavioral activation. And uh, that's where we'll stop. So uh, I have for us for this brief summer refresher course, you got a little bit of our CPI module, which is uh, sort of the aims, but you got a feel for it and you can explore what other online modules are available in, uh, in that portal. So thank you all. Thanks so much for participating.